Uh, go ahead and get it out. If you have a Bible app on your phone, fire that up. And if you're new with us or new to Bible stuff in general, um, listen in the best you can, and I think you'll be helped. If you have an open heart, God will sneak his way in. Amen. If you give him a little crack, he'll probably be like, you know, when you fought with your kids, with your siblings as a kid, and you tried to block one out of the room, but they always got their foot in there with their shoe on, you know, and then you, they could never keep it closed. So give God a crack a little bit, or maybe just throw the door wide open, whatever, uh, and he'll work in your life. Uh, James chapter 4 is what we want to find. The book of James chapter 4. And then also, in a, in a little bit here, I'm going to also have you turn to Hebrews chapter 9. They are neighbors, James and Hebrews. Hebe and Jim are friends. I, I want to share with you today and teach a new series. Anybody like new things? Uh, new series, and it's called Heaven Yes hell no <laughs> and some of you are happy because you finally get a cuss in church <laughs> no I'm just kidding we're not using the word hell in that sense we're using it in the biblical sense heaven yes hell no and so here we go I have what I have a difficult time explaining fully because I want to call it a blessing but I also at the same time think of it a little bit as a burden. All right? And that is, for as long as I can remember, I live with a consciousness of heaven and hell. So what do you mean a consciousness? I just think about it a lot. I think about heaven. I mean, I don't record it or track it. You know, I wish I had an app. I'd go on my watch every time I thought about heaven. But... I think every day. At some point, I think about heaven. And not as much, but still pretty regular, I think about hell. And I say that not in, a, in an improper way or a weird way. I don't think of hell in a fearful manner. I'm not afraid of going because I'm not. I know where I stand with God. I know I'm right with God. I know He's accepted me and so forth. And so, uh, but I still live with that. It even... It impacts me when I get around people, and I think that's a blessing, because I think it's a, a God perspective. Uh, when I get around large numbers of people, and not in church, per se, because, you know, I know where most people stand in church, not everybody, but if I get around large sporting events or things, I start thinking about the condition of people in eternity. I, I even do it when I even do it watching movies. That's where it's the burden. It messes up the movie because I'm thinking about the people who die in the movie about where they're going. <laughs> and don't, listen, I understand they're actors. You don't have to tell me afterwards, Pastor, they're not real. <laughs> but I know it's a, you know, representation sometimes of many real things. Not, not like the Avengers. I know that's not real. But, but in movies, it's many times tried to be, trying to be like real life. And so people die in the movie, I think, but where are they going? Even if the good guy, you know, dies, the hero dies, and everyone's like, oh, what a great person. I know, but did they accept the Lord? And that's the kind of the way I think. And so 
blessing, burden, I, I'm going to try to put it off on you <laughs> and let you handle it however you want. But uh, I think there's a mentality that we need, a consciousness that we need, because if we have it, it will direct our lives. It, it affects my decisions, this consciousness that I have. And I think it will yours too in a positive way. And so let's look at James chapter 4. And notice with me in the 13th verse, James 4.13, James is a pastor writing to his church. He says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. And he's, he's really getting on those who are proudfully just proclaiming their future independent of God's will and asking Him and seeking His, His divine plan. They're just saying, this is what we're going to do. He says in verse 14, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. So he's not really complimenting them in that, but he is bringing them back to reality. He's saying, obviously speaking of their physical life, you're here for a minute and you are out of here. You are a vapor. Poof. You're here, you're gone. And you're making all these plans about what you're going to do without seeking God or having an eternal perspective at all. And your life is just a vapor. Listen, listen to this same uh, passage from different translations. NIV reads, What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. A mist. NLT uh, says, Your life is like the morning fog. It's here for a little while, then it's gone. Listen to the Phillips. It is like a puff of smoke visible for a little while, and then dissolving into thin air. So we've got a vapor, a mist, a morning fog, a puff of smoke. There's your life right there. How many feel encouraged? <laughs> your life, poof, and you are out of here. But this different perspective that is needed is basically comparing our physical life, our time on earth, to eternity. Okay? Here and poof. And then we're into eternity. And I need to have a, have a perspective of my life after death in comparison to my life before death. And it's interesting how decision making is altered with that in mind. If, if I'm unaware of eternity or just really not thinking about it too much, the focus might be, you know, accumulation of wealth, material possessions. Uh, it might be the things that I can accomplish, the rewards and awards that I get. It's about my collecting of trophies and certificates and degrees and, and whatever name I can make for myself while here. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not opposed to any of that. I'm, if I'm going to play in a competition against you, I am going to try to get the trophy and deprive you of it. <laughs> Listen, what I'm saying is nothing wrong with the certificate, the achievement, the accomplishment. Nothing wrong with the, the accumulation of wealth. 
That's not an ungodly thing to have stuff or to be blessed in that way. It's just if I don't have eternity in mind, that becomes the focus. That becomes the reason for my existence. That becomes the measuring line as to whether I succeed or fail. And I tell you, there are many people in this life that we would look at and say, man, they are sure a success. That is a success story right there. And in eternity, they will not be described that way. In eternity, all the accolades of man on this side of, of death will be forgotten. And they will not be celebrated. And I want to make sure I have a perspective concerning my own life that I am not pouring myself into giving all my time and energy and effort into something that will just be dismissed and forgotten in a moment as soon as, I'm, as soon as my vapor leaves, as soon as my puff of smoke goes away. Everybody okay? I, I was even thinking about some of the great leaders in, in, in history, uh, history of the world. Okay, think back at some, of some of, uh, who do you know from a hundred years ago? We could probably think of maybe one or two people, if you're well-read and studied and know history. What about a thousand years ago? Who do you know? Okay, if I say two thousand, then you're going to start quoting Bible people. But you know, going back thousands of years, or hundreds of years, or for some of us, even decades. Some people who had great influence, great acclaim, uh, they accomplished much. We have, for the most part, already forgotten about them. And they were well known. They were successful. They accomplished things. And we don't even know who they are. It's just a couple generations later, people are focused on something else. And that's the people that really did something. Let's consider even our own country, which is a very young country in the history of the world. Uh, how many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, or you may if you want, I don't know. Uh, how many of you could name all the presidents? All right. I would bet, see no one volunteered, so you're either humble and not wanting to brag. Uh, I would bet most of us can't. And maybe some of us could with a lot of work eventually. We, we can, that's just recent times. That's just our own country. That's not the planet. That's just here. We can't even name most of us. Can't name the presidents, let alone those who can, those who are well studied. Do you know a lot of detail about most of them? Unless you've really gone there, you don't. And they were in the top of the land. They were the most well-known person for a period of time in our country. They were in the top office, and we've forgotten about them. Isn't that interesting? What are we doing thinking, this really matters. I've got to pour myself into it. And, and what is not, what decisions are made without eternity in mind? This is what we need to consider. And be eternity-minded. Forever-minded. Consider your physical life for a moment, if you would, on a line. A line re that represents eternity. Okay, a line has an arrow going both ways. Infinity going both ways. And here's your life on that line. All kinds of stuff happened before you showed up. And then, boop, there's your life. And boom, it's gone. Now, I know we exist on for eternity. But your life here on earth, boop, it's just a little dot. Think of yourself in that perspective. I'm not implying that your life doesn't matter, that it's insignificant,
I'm saying just the opposite. Your life really does matter. It really is significant. And that little bleep, that little flash puff of smoke, affects eternity. And if we will see that, say, I better use my little speck with some wisdom here. I better use my little spot in eternity and do some things that carry on lest everything about my life is forgotten in the here and now and in the life thereafter. Because I think a lot of things that people do here don't matter forever. I was with the prayer team earlier today um, praying with them for a bit and this kind of came up in my heart. I said right before I hit it out for the service, I said, listen, in eternity... We're not going to talk about what you had for breakfast today. But I said, in eternity, we might talk about this prayer meeting. We might talk about what we did right here. There are some things that just have legs. They last and continue on. In our time, it's very common for people who have accumulated wealth which I'm all for, you know, again, I'm not speaking negatively about that, but they've accumulated wealth or properties or land. People will make a donation before they die or in their will or, or, or sometimes before they pass, and then there'll be a building named after them, right? And because they gave it the biggest chunk or they funded it or a park is named after them or a stadium of some kind, and it'll be their name, stadium, their name, Street. They'll have streets and roads, different things, with their name on it. Okay, I'm fine with that. I'm good. I'm going to go to the park. I'm going to use the building if I can and, and do all that kind of stuff. But here's my question. It makes me wonder. In eternity, does anyone care? I'm just asking. I'm not putting that down. I'm not saying people shouldn't do it. I'm just saying, in eternity, does it matter? Is anyone in eternity going to be talking about, you know, a thousand years from now? That was so cool, that park. You had, you, your park you had the name. You had that street. That's so awesome. Yeah, that, that building that was named after you, way to go. You, are, you, are, you had a building with your name on it. That's so cool. Are we or are we just going to really not care about it and never discuss it again? It'll kind of be a non-issue. At the same time, if someone were to use their, their wealth or their influence in the here and now. And as a result of what they did, someone else went to heaven and missed hell. Maybe ten people, maybe a hundred or a thousand, or maybe, maybe, maybe they used what they had for that. Do you think that will be discussed? Do you think anyone else will have, do you think we'll ever have a conversation? Do you think God himself will bring it up someday? Just, hey, just wanted to let you know. And it will be discussed in, in heaven. I really believe it will. For one, here's one way I know for sure. Because if I am one of the people that got there as a result of that person's actions here, I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to say, way to go. You could have had the stadium and you got me instead. <laughs> and here I am. I, I'm going to bring it up. Amen. And so it's a different perspective. It's a different way of thinking. You Doing things that carry on beyond the temporal. How often do you think about life after death? 
And I'm encouraging you today to think about it more. I might mess you up a little bit along the road because you might think about it more than you thought you would. And then I will have succeeded. Sorry if I messed up the movie. But uh, did you find Hebrews 9? I want to read the verse over here, just one verse in Hebrews 9. I want to think about eternally, eternal consequence and eternal reward through my life, through what I do with my time, through what I do with my resources, what I pour my life into. I'm th- I want to think about it in terms of consequence. Now here, eternity. Consequence or reward. What is going to be the result of what I do? And in this verse, it reads, Hebrews 9.27, And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. I want you to notice the language. Die once, after this. Can you see that there is something after this? It's not die once, period, end of story, poof, you're gone, you're erased from existence. You're gone. No. Die once, after this. There is an after this. Yeah? For you and for me, there is an after this. The after this is way bigger than the this. This is just for a minute. The after this is beyond my ability to comprehend because it's infinity. Eternity. It goes on and on. That's the after this. So I should use my this to do a whole bunch for after this. Everything I have in this, I want to pour into after this. Because that's what I'm going to care about in a minute. As soon as my puff of smoke is done. No. (laughs) As soon as my vapor... No, 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 not not that kind of vapor. Uh, As soon as my life is done here, it's all about the after this. What, what, What comes after this? Judgment. That's interesting. I don't have to be afraid of that, but I should be aware of it. After this is is judgment. That's the giving account period. It's not after this I decide. No, I decide in the this. Whatever decisions I make in this affect after this. A person told me one time, said, yeah, when I die, I'm going to stand before God, and then I'll decide whether I want to believe in Him. And I said, well, you know if I'm going to be your friend, if I'm going to be loving towards you, I have to tell you, it actually doesn't work that way. What if you don't get to make a decision after you die? What if your decision has to be made before you die? Because I have it on good authority that that's the way it works. And the good authority is the guy who like predicted his own death and resurrection and then did it. And when someone is able to pull that off, I'm likely to listen to him. Yeah? And, and, And so... that. That's, that's the way that works. Um, there is no second chance then after death. After death, no, there's no soul sleep or purgatory or reincarnation. We make choices in the here and now that affect eternity, so I want to live with that in mind. It's, it's interesting to me when I read different, about different people in the book, how they thought. Because there are certain individuals that for sure had this going on, what we're talking about today. They had eternity in mind. They lived their life with after this in mind, not just this. 
One of them was a guy named Paul. He's pretty popular. All right. He wrote a good portion of the New Testament. And Paul's life, he was an apostle called, sent of God. He was persecuted pretty severely. He was a preacher of the gospel, the good news, had miracles, and also took quite a few beatings for doing it. And was thrown in prison. Was they, they stoned him. And they whipped him and beat him and put him in jail. He went through a lot for preaching the gospel. None of us would consider what he went through like a walk in the park or easy or, a, or you know, he got a light treatment. <laughs> no, we all have it better. Okay? But the way he described his own life gives me perspective. And this is what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He described his present life they were living. He said, for our light affliction. Light affliction is, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Look what he's doing. Eternal weight of glory. Eternal weight. Glory is weighty and it's forever. And now, light, fluffy, airy, light affliction. This is the guy who took the beatings. This is the guy who was shipwrecked. He was hungry and cold. He went, not his whole life, but he went through seasons of extreme persecution. And he said, compared to that, this is light and it's like in just for a minute. And he was a guy who knew. You read in the exact same book, just a few chapters later, chapter 12, he tells about his heaven experience. How he went and was in the glories of heaven. He called the third heaven. He, was in, he knew what the weight of glory was. And with that perspective, he says, I can handle this. Because this is just like brief. This is just light and this is brief. How? Compared to that. Not compared to that. This is hard and long. Compared to that, light and easy. What are you comparing your life to? You ever go through something hot, tough, something difficult? I think we all have to varying degrees. But our perspective makes all the difference in what we can deal with. And if we see eternity, glory to God, I tell you, it makes all the difference in the world. Jesus made a strong statement. Matthew 10, 28. Man, there's so much here. You guys pull it out of me in third service. I'm the most tired in this service and I preach the most. Let me keep going. Let me just say this before I keep going. <laughs> the moment you leave your body, the only thing that matters is your relationship with God. That's what carries on. The quality, first the existence of, but then the quality and depth of your relationship with God, that's what you take with you. Yeah? You don't take your, your, you know, your house or your clothes. We all know that. Never saw a, used, a hearse pulling a U-Haul. You don't take any of that stuff. But you do take your relationship with God or lack thereof. That's what, that's what goes with you. So eternity needs to be in mind. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. What, what is he talking about here? He's saying our souls are infinitely more important than our bodies. And the person who caves, who gives in to, you know, the persecution or fears people has lost perspective. 
they have lost their, they have become short-sighted, if you will. You know how people, naturally speaking, uh, some of you, I see, you know, you wear extra equipment on your eyes. And uh, why? Well, some people can see far, but they can't see near. And some people can see near, but they can't see very well far. And so they're trying to correct uh, some, some of those issues with, with their glasses. Uh, I know in life we need both. We need to see things up close. We need to see things at a distance. I think spiritually speaking, more people have a problem of seeing far than they do near. We live our lives with our next year, five years. Maybe some can see 20 or 30 years out. And we make decisions based on that time frame. What about 100 years out? What about 500 years out? Do you need some spectacles to see that? Do you need a prescription? Get, get Wear those to where you can start seeing beyond your life. Spiritually, we need that perspective we, so we can see out there. You know, sometimes people say, life is short, enjoy it. How about, life, how about eternity is long? Prepare for it. And too many people are focused on enjoying life. And don't get me wrong, I'm all for that. I want to enjoy life. God wants you to enjoy your life. Are we preparing for eternity? Are we even thinking about it with what we invest our life into? Or do we act like it doesn't exist? Do we act like, oh, I have, you know, maybe you've accepted the Lord and you're saved. Good for you. I have too. I know I'm going to heaven, but am I thinking at all about eternity? Am I thinking about what I do today? Most of the time, I think when people are planning for their future on earth, we applaud that. Hey, you're preparing, you're get, investing in your education, you're investing in your 401k, you're, you're planning for the future, you're thinking about what's going to happen down the road. That's usually considered to be quite wise. I, I would concur. You know, people get older, they're thinking about their inheritance, what can they leave for their children, their offspring, and, and we applaud that, and I think that's, that's smart. Um, but are we thinking about eternity? Are we thinking about beyond this into what's after? Are we investing in the larger portion of our existence? Let me show you one more verse over here. I'll read a couple. I'll just have you turn to this one. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, and notice verse 10. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. It reads, For we must all appear, everybody say all appear, before the judgment seat of Christ. Talking to believers now, talking to Christians, we all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Now think about it for a moment. Why? Paul's writing this to the Christians in Corinth. Why even bother saying that? Say, well, listen, my sins are washed away. I'm going to heaven. Why do you even need to tell me about this? Apparently, a wise person, even after salvation, still considers what they do with their time and their energy and all that they have in life. And they're supposed to still think about, as soon as I leave this body, there's a judgment seat I stand before. Not out of fear of condemnation or guilt, because that's not a heaven and hell experience there, but it is an experience of giving an account of what you've done while you were in the body. You know, you have an appointment. I have an appointment before the Lord. 
soon as I step out of this body, I have an appointment with the Lord to give an account for my life. I don't know how that's going to go down. You know, do I get to take the lead? Well, Lord, let me tell you about what I've done. <laughs> do I get to write the resume and just turn it in and say, we're good here, right? We good? We good? Or does the Lord, oh, I don't know, what does he talk about motive? Does he get into thought life, you know, where no one else knows, but you know he knows. But I know there's something going to happen there, and it's not about condemnation, it is about reward, but we're given this in Scripture, so we think now about then. And not just am I saved, I'm supposed to think now about standing before the judgment seat of Christ. Why? Why would you think about retirement? Why would you think about buying a house? Why would you think about doing things in this natural life for the future? Because it's what you do today impacts your future. And what we do today impacts eternity. Amen. Here's the right mentality. All right. We're travelers. We're just passing through. That's what the book says. Hebrews chapter 11 talks about some of the greatest men and women of faith in the Old Testament. It says they were sojourners, passing through. They were not permanent. They didn't consider themselves um, ad-libbing, you can read it, like citizens of this planet. It says they were looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. They knew even back then, there is a city out there that I'm heading towards. It's a glorious, beautiful city. God made it for me, and that's where I belong. That's my homeland. That's where, I, that's where I'm headed. Right now, just passing through. I'm just here for a minute, so I'm going to use my minute to benefit my eternal life. That's the way we ought to see it. You know, even thinking about that word eternal life. You know John 3.16? Anybody ever heard that one? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. How many know that's different than temporary life? And there's no doubt in my mind that God wants to bless you here and now and wants to give you life and life more abundantly, wants to make you healthy and full of peace and blessed and have enough money and meet all your needs here and now. But there is something about that word eternal life or everlasting life should make us think what he came to give me was not just a hundred years on the planet. He came to give me life eternal. And if he gave me eternal life, what should I be thinking about every day? Just the next few years or the next millions of years that we can't even comprehend but we pour our lives into the future with that in mind I don't think we have time to fuss and fight about unimportant things how many times do we get bogged down and meh, 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 and we're tripping over things that oh lord that doesn't matter how many parents have seen your your you know when your young children their world was over because something broke my, what, toy of some kind, something, it broke. And you, they, you see, you're watching them thinking, you're kind of funny because they think the world is over. You're thinking, oh, Lord. 
I wonder if we ever do that as grown-ups with little bigger things. But we... Listen, this is just a moment. There's a puff of smoke and we're out of here. Don't bother with some of the stuff. Don't bother getting tensed up and stirred up. And You know what I'm talking about? We don't have time to worry about not having a perfect life. Has anybody in here had a perfect life? Perfect. I see one hand in the back. And we're going to have an altar call for liars. <laughs> Listen, even those of us with the... You may have the strongest faith and you may have an awesome prayer life and you know how to believe and receive and get things done. Your life hasn't been perfect because this is not heaven, right? Your life has not been perfect and there are things that you regret. There are things, there are missed opportunities you've had. Um, That's the reality for all of us. We don't have time to worry about that. We don't have time to be caught up. Oh, I should have invested in Apple at 50 bucks. (laughs) I did (laughs) and sold at 90 (sighs) that was before a a seven part split here a few years ago so let me just tell you it would have been worth close to a million (laughs) (laughs) we don't have time to think that way why? we're just here for a minute and that's not going to carry into eternity anyway you know, it's just whatever I do for the kingdom. Um, <laughs> amen. We don't have time to put too much focus on our bucket list. I think it becomes too high of a priority with some. I've got to see this. I've got to go here. Oh, before I die. Especially when people may maybe retire and that kind of stuff. Oh, I've got to go here and do this. I've got these things on my list I want to accomplish before I die. Let's not have any problem with that. If you can go see something, go do something, go for it. Have a good time. Enjoy it. You have my blessing. I'm for you, not against you. But it doesn't really matter if something didn't get checked off, if you didn't get to accomplish something. Oh, I've never been to Hawaii. Or I never went to go to to Paris. You know, as soon as you step out of your body, you're not going to care at all. Zero. Zippo. It will make zero difference. Why? Multiple reasons. One is during the millennial reign of Christ, which is right around the corner. It's a thousand-year period where where we rule and reign with Him. You'll be able to pop around the planet without an airplane. You can see everything you want to see in a very short period of time. True. You know, the other side is nothing that this world has to offer is even comparable to the glories of heaven and glories of our future that we haven't even seen yet. It's beyond our comprehension. Amazing. And we think, oh man, I just didn't, I didn't get to see the Grand Canyon or I never hiked Table Rock or, or whatever. <laughs> it's not going to matter. But other things are and we'll be glad if we gave our attention to the right thing. We do not have time to waste. It is in limited supply. Amen? So I want to think of it this way. No matter how hard it is, in a minute, there'll be no more struggle. None. None. No matter how good it is, no matter how great your life is, in a minute, it's not even going to compare to the glorious riches of heaven. It won't matter in a minute. And so, if we'll think about life this way, first of all, 
Earth is the only hell the Christian will ever know. This is as bad as it gets. Can I tell you something else? Earth is the only heaven the sinner will ever know. This is as good as it gets. And with this mentality, we live our lives. Paul said it this way in Philippians 1, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. That means our physical lives here on earth continue. If they do, our focus should be on Christ and all the things He has done for us, not just earthly material things. And if we die, it only gets better. It is the glorious promotion. The uh, NLT reads, For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. TLB, For to me, living means opportunities for Christ, and dying, well, that's better yet. Do you ever see dying as a negative? Do you think of it as a negative thing? Ah, death. For the believer... I tell you what, it's a glorious promotion. Here's the question, though, for us today in finishing up. What can you do now in this time, this little moment, your hundred years or whatever, what can you do now that will carry on, that won't be forgotten, won't be a non-issue? What can you take with you? What could you do in your life that affects eternity? Being heavenly-minded and also hell-aware will greatly impact how we live each day. And I would love not only to mess up your movie life, I would love for it to be said about us here at this church that we are eternity-minded. Yeah, we want to help people in the here and now and we want everyone's life to be good and well supplied and we need that. But we do everything we do with eternity in mind. There's a whole bunch of stuff that we're not even going to bother with if we do it that way. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for working in our lives today.